standing for the reading of God's word. Second Kings chapter four, we'll begin reading in verse eight. There's a whole story there. If you have the NIV, it says the Shunammites' son restored to life, and it covers the complete remainder of the chapter. We're only going to read down to verse 13. And I'm going to read out of the King James, because the key verse that I want to read, verse 8, is, has a word there that I want to capitalize on that the other translations don't use. Do you have it? Yeah. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where there was a, what? Great woman. That's what I want to zero in on. The other translations don't use the word great. They use a different translation, but I want to use the word great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in here. And it fell on a day that he came there, and he turned into the chamber and lied there. And he said to Gehazi, servant, call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. In other words, you really take care of us. What is, it, what is it to be done for thee? What is thou be spoken for to the king, to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then shall be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she had no child, and her husband is old. Father, I pray for mothers, fathers, and parents, and children here tonight. As we zero in on motherhood, Lord God, that, Lord, you would come and mother us. You mother us, Lord. There's a word there in your Bible that says you are like a mother hen, Lord God. You mothered your children. We're going to speak from your heart, especially to the heart of a mother, from a heart of a mother. I ask you this. Everybody together said? Greet one another one more time in the love of the Lord prior to you being seated. <clears throat> The title of my sermon is Extreme Evangelism, but it's not spelled the way it's usually enunciated or pronounced. The title is this, Extreme Evangelism. <clears throat> E-X-S-T-R-E-A-M. Okay? Do you get that? Evangelism. X-E-X-S-T-R-E-A-M. S T R E A M, stream, like a trickle of a stream. X stream evangelism. You won't get the title right now, but you will later on, okay? See, when we look at God's word, it really has, in a sense, no gray areas. Uh, in other words, by that I mean it calls black, black, white, white. When it rebukes you, it rebukes you. When it soothes you, it soothes you, it comforts you. When the word of God says, you know, comes and rebukes us, we get rebuked. But when it, when it compliments us, it also compliments us. It doesn't fool around. There's very few gray areas in the word of God. Very few. Black, black, white, white. 
Okay? So when the word of God calls somebody great, it's not fooling around. It means business. And it's calling this woman great. This woman was a great woman. We're going to find out today just exactly why. Okay? Now, how did the Shunammite woman come to be great in the eyes of God? For the word of God to call her great. We know that mankind has often been too kind in calling and labeling people great. Stay with me now, okay? Did you hear what I said? Mankind has been too kind in labeling people great. There was this man years ago who killed a lot of people, murdered, slaughtered a lot of people. All right? He was a, he was a, a, a very ingenious individual. He was smart, intelligent. But he used his intelligence to murder off and kill off people. And he died a drunken alcoholic. And the world calls him, mankind calls him, Alexander the Great. Sometimes humanity, mankind, throws off that word a little too, too easy, too, too, you know, Alexander the Great. He wasn't that great. He could have been great if he would have used intelligence in the right way, but he murdered, murdered and slaughtered a lot of people. Alexander the Great. He wasn't great. Uh, not at all. <laughs> See, the Bible would never do that. The Word of God would never call somebody like that great. Not at all. Uh, the Word of God never takes tinsel and calls it gold. Mm. I like that. That's one of my better sentences in, the, in the, the sermon here today. All right? It never takes tinsel and calls it gold. It calls gold, gold, and tinsel, tinsel. Black, black, white, white. Uh, it does. It doesn't fool around. When it compliments, it compliments. She was a great woman. When it rebukes, how many have been rebuked reading God's word? Whew, it gets you good. Uh, uh, you ever been studying and you're going through something and you're reading and, and, you, and you feel all rebuked by reading? You look around and see if anybody's watching? Oh, man, it really hit me home. Uh, but again, it does call this woman great. We're going to see why here tonight. Why it called her great. See, the Bible doesn't say that she was great because of her beauty. I'm not going to knock beauty. Nothing's wrong with being beautiful. Uh, uh, it's all right. But beauty doesn't make you great. So some people think that. Uh, you ever been in high school? Yes, you have. I'm in with the in crowd. And mostly the in crowd, people that, that really know how to dress real good and, you know, beautiful. And, ah, uh, you know, well, not me. I'm, I'm, my shape is, you know, a pair extraordinaire. Hallelujah. But a real pair. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? Uh, I can't be with the in crowd. No. Beauty doesn't necessarily make somebody great. Uh, not at all. Marilyn Monroe was beautiful. But she was far from being great. Far from it. See, actually nothing is wrong, like I said, with physical beauty. I've said it before. If the house needs painting, that's for you women. Hallelujah. What have I said before? Lipstick never destroyed a church. It's what's behind the lipstick that has. Hallelujah. The weedy weedy. <clears throat> I don't know about that pastor, man. He all that stuff. Huh? Ay, ay, ay. But beauty doesn't make one great. Nor was this woman, let's get back to her life, <clears throat> nor was this woman great due to her social status or social standing. For once again, high social position does not constitute greatness. Uh, not at all. 
Ask Prince Charles. Uh, he's high social, but he's not a great guy uh, in the eyes of, you know, he, he's not. Doesn't make for greatness, high social status. Then, also, this woman was not great because of her intelligence or her high intelligence at all. She, no doubt was, she wasn't stupid, no doubt. She wasn't dumb or ignorant. But the Bible gives no clue or no claim to her great mind. It doesn't say that, not at all. Okay? See, one can have a meteor of a mind and yet a leanness of soul. That's what can happen. No, see, this woman's greatness was in her greatness of soul. Soul. She plain and simple had moral greatness. And we're going to find that out today. Moral greatness. She had her right focus. She had her head on right correctly. See, this woman's purpose and destiny in life was this. This was her great claim to fame and her great claim to greatness. Okay? Her destiny and her purpose in life was to make a home. A home. Plain and simple. A home. Not the house of God. Her house. See? And to reach and to fulfill her purpose, she did just that. And we're going to find that out tonight. She reached her destiny. She reached her goal. She reached her purpose in life to build a home. Home life. See, we must remember that there were exemptions back in those days, okay? As far as back in her days, again, there were exceptions, but by and large, women couldn't get too far out of their, 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 their circle of, 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 you know, of raising up a house. They couldn't become a, a big whatever, doctor, lawyer, all that stuff. That's why I know my wife likes that movie called by the singer girl. Remember she became a boy and she was a Jewish girl and Yentl. That's a good movie. But that'll show you what I'm talking about here today. And that's still early, you know, day. back in those days, during the shooting of my time, women weren't allowed to do hardly anything. Virginia Slims, they couldn't even smoke. Hallelujah. Uh, all that stuff. Just, just, just stay with me now. Okay. But they had very few choices when it came to vocation, as, as today's women do. Though the call to motherhood, I believe, is the most noblest and honorable call that any woman can and does have. The call to motherhood and parenting as well for you fathers. Now, <clears throat> I spoke Sunday regarding the power of a life. And I analogized <clears throat> the, the, the life of one individual as a, what do you remember that I said? A life was a seed. Remember that? And the greatest seed on this planet is a life, a person, a genuine human being. But I would take it tonight a step further, okay, and just as one life carries with it a great promise and a great potential, I believe the home also is the place with probably the most supreme influence and power on this planet, the home. Stay with me. The home, I believe, has the most influence, the most power on this planet. Of any institution, any organization, any structure, is the home has so much potential on this earth. Yes, the church is of A1 importance. Yes, our country is of great importance. Business is of great importance. I understand that. But the home has no substitute. We have allegiance to our country. We have allegiance to the church. We have allegiance to our business, our vocation. But more so, the home is more important than anything else. 
And you and I, all of us, have access to that. See, the home is greater than a nation and our business and even our church because it is the feeder and the foundation for all other institutions. That's where we get our armies, out of the home. That's where we get our preachers, out of the home. That's where we get our, our workers, out of the home. That's where we get our politicians, out of the home. The home feeds, it's the source, hallelujah, for all other resources. Uh, it's of extreme importance. I told my wife tonight, this is a very important sermon. To me it is. Because we're talking about the home. Uh, see, the home is the, the source and the root of our national and religious life. As go, listen to what I'm about to say here. As go our streams, so shall our rivers and lakes be. Very important statement. As go our streams, so shall our rivers and our lakes be. That's why I have entitled this Extreme Evangelism. Because evangelism begins in the home, not on the streets. We got to evangelize our homes and the stream, the children, uh, the, the, the small, small, you know, body of a home makes up our entire nation, makes up our lakes. Makes up our, our, our rivers. Uh, the Mississippi is made up of a lot, a lot of streams. America is made up of a lot, a lot of streams. America is made up of a lot, a lot of homes. Uh, they filter in to the greatness of our, of our country. But it all begins with the home. Great homes produce great people. Great parents produce great people. See, thus, my friend, to be queen of the home is therefore to be queen of the greatest empire on earth. Hallelujah, ladies. You missed a good amen. To be queen of the home is to be queen of the greatest empire on this planet. Ah, yeah, it is. King too, guys. Hallelujah. Ah, queen of the Nile. Hallelujah. See, but to fail to rule. Oh, listen to this. But to fail to rule right and just in the home is to fail in the most important and the most vital domain on this planet. Ooh, I took you for a turn here. Hope you didn't get off. If you fail to rule as a queen of your household, is to fail greater, greatly in the most important domain, the most important kingdom on this planet, the home. Uh, and our home lives. This woman here, the Shunammite woman, she was great because she gave priority in her life to life's most important priority, the home. That's why she was great. How many want to be great? Then we can follow the Shunammite woman. She was great because she gave priority to the home life. Now secondly, not only did she give priority to her home life, this woman was great because she showed unwavering devotion to her task. That's number two. The reason why she was great is because she displayed unwavering devotion to the task at hand. To be, you know, to her household, to her home. Her task was to be a home builder. Look at verses 11, 12, and 13 of 2 Kings chapter 4. Very important. 2 Kings chapter 4. I haven't read it out of the Living Bible. Let me read it out of the Living Bible here. I imagine it would be even easier here. Do you have 2 Kings 4? Beginning in verse 11. Once, when he was resting in the room, he said to his servant Gehazi, Tell the woman I want to speak to her. When she came, he said to Gehazi, tell her that we appreciate her kindness to us. Now ask her what 
we can do for her? Does she want me to put a good word for her to the king or to the general of the, of the army? No, she replied, I am perfectly content. Hmm. Let me read the, the word perfectly content. Verse 13 in the King James. And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. Uh, in other words, hey, I'm already content at where I'm at right now. That's a pretty heavy statement here. See, Elisha, who hobnobbed and rubbed shoulders with some of the greatest kings and, and, and most influential people of his day, because he was a great prophet, like Billy Graham. He's always hobnobbing with the, the, the presidents and, 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 you know, the commanders in chief, the most important people on this planet. And so this woman was such a great woman that took care of him so greatly that finally he said, you know what, how can I repair? You know what, I know all kinds of people. What do you want me to do? You want me to throw in a good word to the president, to the commander in chief of the, of the armies? Call him pal. Ah. Who, who, you know... Uh, who do you want me to take care of? John Ashcroft? Who, who do you want me to put in a good word for you? Because I, I, I know these people. I can throw in a good word for you. They'll take care of you. They'll, they'll, they'll see what's happening over here. And man, they'll get you a better pa house. You'll get off welfare. Forget uh, Section 8. Man, come on, lady. We'll throw it in good for you over here. Man, I, get out of this section, man. You got it going on, lady. Uh, man, these people need to meet you. And she says, nah. I got it going on over here. I don't need them. I'm focused. I know what I'm doing here. I got to take care of my old man. Ah, I got to cook for my, for my, my main man. Ah. Gonna graduate from the home one of these days, hallelujah. One of these light, light years, hallelujah. Uh, see, he, he asked this woman, Can I elevate you, your, your life a little bit? By, by, you know, by having you noticed by the king and, and by the armed forces general you know, of our country? And what is her reply? No, she says, That will not be necessary, she chose the servant. They couldn't offer me nor give me a more important position than I already have now. Wife. Wife. That's top right there. What are they going to do? Ain't going to be any better for me than that. I already got a great position. I'm a wife. Ladies, hallelujah. And ladies of the jury, hallelujah. Forget the gentleman right now. Uh, what a great honor she had. She gave honor to the position of wife and motherhood. Uh, she said, I don't need the president. I got it, everything I need right now. I'm content, she says. Uh, I'm a homemaker. I am a woman. Watch me ride. Uh, now that someone knows me, you want to be a woman. Hallelujah. Almost. Hallelujah. Ah, praise God. See, she was great, secondly, due to her unwavering devotion uh, to her call, to her task, 
to her home. She was focused. My house is my priority. My home is my priority. Ah, that was her priority. What she was saying in actuality was this. Here's what she was saying. No need bother the king and the commander. For I counted my highest duty and my highest privilege to be the wife of a humble farmer and to make him and I happy. This man, I, that, that's my highest privilege and honor and duty is to make my humble farmer of a husband happy and content. Then I'm content. Uh, she was focused. She knew what she wanted and she was doing. See, this woman, she made her home a Mecca. She made her home a happening, a place that you'd want to be at, a place you'd, you'd, you'd hate to leave from and you'd love to get back to. That's the bottom line of my sermon, women. That's it right here, what I just said. Her life was devoted to making her home a Mecca, a place you'd hate to leave from and you'd love to get back to. So this is a very important sermon here for me today. We, we need to build some good homes. Uh, we're, we're taking care of business, hallelujah. Uh, you ever seen those places where you just, I mean, those are real houses, those are real homes. They're not just a house, it's a home. Uh, Teddy Pendergrass don't even know, have nothing on me here tonight, hallelujah. Uh, I'm singing here tonight. Me and Nick, come on. This house is not a home. Uh, it's just a house without people that live in it, that making it nice and warm. Uh, man, I would dare say that some kids, some children, they turn to the streets because their home is only a house and not a real home. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to bat for the street guys like that and all that stuff, but, but I, a little bit. I know what I'm talking about here. Uh, where they, they'd rather, you know, man, I'd rather be out on the streets. I've said that. A lot of people have said that before. Let it not be said of victory outreach mothers and fathers. It's okay, it's okay. Well, come on, you're going to sing with me anyways. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, Hallelujah. Can I repeat that one? Uh, we got to build homes. Homes. That people, kids don't want to leave. They want to stay there. Uh, gosh, Dad, I hate to leave. <laughs> Son, I hate for you to go too, but if you got to go live with Lenny, go. Leave. <laughs> Uh, we need to build some sticky homes hallelujah ah uh, magnetic homes extreme evangelism hallelujah kind of homes see the parents haven't you know they haven't concentrated on building a spiritual castle we got to build some spiritual castles women parents an atmosphere of love and acceptance where they don't want to go. They don't want to leave. Man, I, I, I love it here. Uh, see, this woman was great because she built that kind of an atmosphere in her house. That's why she was great. She knew what she was doing and how she was doing it. See, there's no greater vocation, according to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, than to go about the business of building and creating a godly home. No greater business. Not even a church. And it's good that we build a church. Great church. That's important. You know, I, 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 I enjoy doing all this, but listen, even fathers, we got to enjoy building our houses, working along with our wives. What can we do, honey? What can I get over here? Uh, what kind of a library do we have at our house? Uh, what are our children watching? 
Uh, I mean, I was just listening to, the, to uh, a TV program the other day. You know what it said? This is in my notes, but I, it was stuck heavy to my mind and to my heart. It said that the, the, the internet has opened up the front door for all kinds of strangers to come walking in your house, and you don't even know who they are. Through the chat rooms, through the, you know, visiting. Um, I don't know if some of you saw that program. I saw it. Some guy who's an expert in, on, 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 on internet stuff, he, he, he told the host, look what I'm about to do. He did it on national television. He went, and he, he made himself, he, he put his name was Cutie Pie. And I'm 14 years old. In a hot second, all kinds of guys swooped on her. Uh, quick, you know, and they started asking her all kinds of promiscuous questions. And she started saying, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do. They swam like, yeah. these, these people, you don't, need to, you don't need to lock on your door. They're going to come in anyways nowadays. We got to build some good atmospheric homes over here. Castles, spiritual castles, where the enemy can't get in. That takes prayer. Ah, living a godly example. The home is the most important institution on this planet, according to 2 Kings 4.8. See, any carpenter can build a house, but it takes a smart parent working with a son of a carpenter <laughs> to build a home. To build a home. That's what it takes. To build a house is a job. To build a home is an art. It's an art. 24-7. You've got to be awake over here. Ah, Mothers, fathers, parents. If you want to build a home, you've got to be like the Shunammite woman. You need to abide there. I don't have time to go all into it, but, but the woman lived there. She, 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 her, that was her domain. That was her castle. Some women, man, they can't wait to get out of the house. Will you babysit for me? No, that's your kid. You had it. Yeah, I just wanted to go to the banquet. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You, you don't find that. There's a time for everything. But man, an extreme. I said extreme evangelism, not extreme going out all the time. All she wants to do is party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. What's that singer, Michael what? I don't know, the comedian. Some, I don't know what his name is. But man, he made that party all the time, party all the time. No, that's a sandcastle. It's not the real thing. Uh. She poured her house, heart into her home. That's what we got, pour your heart. Give it your all into your home. Uh. You know, we're going to be filming for you know, for our, our banquet. And we're going to try and make a real nice video presentation. And I'm going to be going to Santa Paula. And we're going to be going to East L.A. where my wife was born. And guess where we're going to film? Where we used to live. Because people want to know sometimes where, where people that have done some stuff, where, how, where were they brought up and how were, wow, is that where Pastor Steve came from? Little bitty place. Eight kids, two rooms. And guess how many rooms the kids had? Because the parents have to, you know, live by themselves. One! And guess who used to sleep in the top bunk, the worst bed in the whole eight? Me. Because I was a drug addict. Huh? Had to sleep up on the top. Mm. But yet, God did something there. 
Okay. I don't go back to that place. Why? I don't go back there anymore because my, my parents don't live there no more. See, my parents made that home, not the house. Parents make a, make a home, not a building. But with this Shunammite woman, she, my friend, was, was committed and devoted to motherhood. Long before she held her first child in her arms. That's what the Bible says. You read, you read scripture here. So because what did she ask for? She didn't even ask for the baby. But they could tell, aha, she is motherless. That's what she really wants. She wants a child. See, Elijah, no doubt, didn't mind going out of his way and bypassing large cities to go to that room that he had and shoot him. See, Shunem was a small, obscure, little tiny village. You'd think people would want to go to, I want to go to, to New York, or I want to go to San Francisco, stay at the Fairmont. No, this guy wanted to go to, to Winters. I'm just making it up right now. Is, that, is there a city up here called Winters? Yeah. I want to go to Winters. But you got to go, no, I want to go to Winters. Because there's a winner in Winters, hallelujah. Uh, there's a great woman there, hallelujah. And I want to go stay at her house. That's what I want. Um, see, something kept, it was a magnetic home. It was a magnetic field that kept drawing her back and drawing him back because she built a home, a great domain. See, so grateful was Elisha that he asked, uh, what does this woman want? What does she need? But she even refuses audience and company with the president and the chief of staff. She says, no, that's not what I want. But what was absent in her heart that made her heart deferred. Absence makes the heart get, be deferred. She was childless. She didn't have no children. This woman longed for motherhood. And the Bible says her day came. Her, it happened. She gave birth to a child. And the child grew to the point and place that one day the child is with the father out at work. But it's a real hot day. And those days out there in Israel can get pretty tough. Real hot. That's what happened. And I remember going to work with my dad. My dad helped build a big old dam, I remember. And he took me one day. Ooh, I was all excited. I don't even think I slept. Uh, I was going to go with my dad. You know how it is when you're going to go with your dad. Uh, sheesh. And, you know, just go over there and be careful. All right, dad. I didn't care. I could have just stayed in one place. I probably even did. But I know my dad was there building a big dam. All right, dad. When's lunch, you know? Uh, but I was with dad. So he's with dad, but the Bible says he goes in and tells his father, my head, my head. He says it twice. The Bible puts it in there twice for a reason. Uh, and the father can't stop working, so he says, take him to who? Good old moms. Take him to his mother, if you read the account there. In 2 Kings chapter 4, take him to his mother. The Bible says he spent a whole half a day on the knee and the lap of the mother. Standing up. Standing up, huh? Now, he died. But the Bible says to a genuine Christian, he's not even going to see death. I really believe, as I was putting this sermon together, this kid didn't see death. What a better place to die, really, than the lap of your mother. Really. Uh, I mean, you won't even notice it. You're with mom. I just, wow, just to be there with your mother. My dad's gone on to be with the Lord, but thank, I got my mom. 
Uh, just the other day, I told her, Mom, I contracted, I have this, you know, hepatitis thing. And right away, she tells me, oh, mijo, God can heal you. <laughs> See, she's already believing for the best. But God can do that. Uh, yeah, good old moms. Uh, they're always going to go to bat for you. What a place to be in the lap of your mama. She was the one that was fighting and warding off death. Not the kid. My head, my head, but he was in the best place he could be. In mom's arms, and mom's lap. She warded off. She fought off death. He didn't. He didn't even see it. What a woman. Uh, no, no wonder she was, you know, great. Because even when death struck, this woman strikes back. She didn't stop. She didn't quit. Such faith. He, was, he might be dead, but he don't have to be dead. She fought back even to death. This woman was great because she had great faith. Nothing wavered, nothing stopped her. She picks up the baby, takes him and puts him on the bed of the prophet. Leaves him there and doesn't send a servant out to get the prophet. She goes to Carmel, pretty far herself, and beckons the prophet to come. Ah, she leaves Shunem to go to Carmel. Where's the prophet at? She doesn't send a servant. She doesn't send email. Ah, she doesn't Western Union. No, she goes herself. Because her child was important to her. Oh, come here. Uh, she warded off death, fought it off herself. See, this mother fought for her home. Mothers, you got to fight for your home. That's the most important battle you can have and do and, and wage for your house. Extreme. Streams turn into rivers. What's that lady's name? Irma Breckenridge? Or what's her name? Breckenridge or whatever. Aaron Brackovich. Ain't got nothing on the Shunammite lady. Hallelujah. Ah, uh, uh, this lady was a fighter from the gate. See, our world owes much to praying mothers and fathers as well and parents. Even when our children backslide, even when they backslide, hey, keep fighting for them. How many children have come back to God because of a praying mother that wouldn't give up? Wouldn't give up! I was a hopeless heroin addict. Terrible. Worst person probably in my hood. You know that. A lot of you have been in my neighborhood. Uh, the day I got saved, then I had to go back to court. And I said, I got to go see Grandma. Grandma. Grandma was with me. My mother didn't know the Lord yet, but Grandma. I went and I knocked on her door. I'd only been gone 10 days, and I'd done that a lot of times. She opened the door and just, she probably said, okay, aquí están las tortillas, Esteban, you know? And she knew what I came for. I come from tortillas or butter. Uh, and sh sh real, real quick, get the money. I, see you in 10 days, Grandma, you know, one of them shots. So she just opened the door. I never forget, I can still see it today. Open the door. I didn't go and I said, Grandma, wow. Cristo cambió mi vida. Ya no soy drogadicto. Estoy en un programa en Los Ángeles. Y Dios me cambió la vida. She said, yo sabía. But nobody believed and nobody should have believed in somebody like me. They had every right not to believe. Because I was hopeless. A mother. 
She said, I know it. I know it. Wow. See, she had that hope. Hope maketh not ashamed. She had that hope. That's the kind of hope, mothers, you have to have for your kids. Even when they're out there. Uh, and, and, and prayer that they're not even going to go out there. Uh, what a great testimony. They, your kids don't have to go out there to the world. They stay because you've built a castle. You've devoted your task and your life to building a magnetic atmosphere within your home. There's a story that I think my wife told, but I heard it many years ago, about a woman. Her, her face was all disfigured and part of her body. Ugly, to tell you the truth. She had a daughter, a beautiful daughter, part of the Incron at school. Nice-looking little girl, involved in student body politics. And, but she was ashamed to bring her friends home to come in with her to see her mother. Many times, every, every now and then, yeah, they knew what her mother looked like, but she was ashamed. Until one day, her great aunt came from far away and noticed the way she treated her mother with, in front of her friends. And she said, you know what, Mija? You know why your mother is all disfigured in her face? No, I never asked. Well, when you were a baby, your house caught on fire. And everybody left, but you couldn't leave because you, you couldn't walk yet. And your mother, I was there, she said, your mother turned around and says, where's my, where's my baby? And we heard you crying in there. But the house was so far gone that nobody would go back in. I couldn't go. But your mother went back in. And found you as you were crying. And wrapped you around herself and she got all burned up. But she spared your beauty. That could have been you. But instead, that's why she's all disfigured. Because she loved you. The love of a mother. And a father. And a parent. That's why, I, I mean, this is a very important sermon here today. Because we need to build homes, streams, if we want to build a big river and a big lake. It all starts in extreme evangelism. The home is nothing to be ashamed about. This woman was great because she was a great homemaker, home builder. Don't let the enemy lie to you and defer you into thinking that what you're doing, mothers, is a waste and futile. It's not. It's the most important job on this planet. This Shunammite woman, she didn't want to meet the president. She didn't want to meet the chief of staff. She said, uh-uh. I already got everything I want. I got a home, and I got a job to do. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head is bowed and every eye closed. Just, just the organ playing. We don't need anything else. Just the organ. Because every head is bowed and every eye closed.